Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Passive resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. Hi, this is Keith Tusi. Welcome to Leadership in Context. I want to talk to you today about resisting ungodly authority, or what I would even call passive resistance. The scripture is full of a number of examples of this reference to passive resistance. When I speak of passive resistance, what I'm talking about is believers who are already doing something. They were already doing it when it was outlawed or commanded to be stopped. So it wasn't like they were looking for a cause or protesting against something, which it is also legitimate, but that's a whole other subject. What I'm talking about is when there was a standard operation with believers and the government specifically tried to stop them from doing what they were already doing was was part of their legitimate practice and faith. In Hebrews 11, it says this about Moses in verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. As you know, the the king of Egypt had said that the midwives were not allowed to help bring little Hebrew children into the world anymore, a type of infanticide. But Moses' parents and the whole family, because we know the sister gets involved later, understood that life came from God. But the phrase here was not afraid of the king's edict. Uh, That means a couple things. Number one, it means that there was no conscience violation whatsoever. Uh, Moses' mother clearly understood that the right to life in this case, the right to have her children and to do something for them was more prominent than the king's edict. Number two, it would surely mean that even if she was found out it was worth whatever penalty she was going to pay, even the risk of the penalty. Even if Moses didn't survive, she was still going to do the right thing. So she was not afraid of the king's edict. And so there was passive resistance. They were going to keep having children, even though it was outlawed. Now, you know, believers in China right now face this exact dilemma with a limitation on children. Uh, By the way, you've heard me comment on it before, but the ultimate aim of radical environmentalism is population control. And do not think for one minute that there are people right now, many prominent people, who, if they could get away with it, would absolutely impose a program that is very similar to some type of family size limitation, that type of thing. So this is not something that's far afield, but believers understood that it was God that gives birth, that children are reward of the Lord, children are fruit of, fruit of the womb. And so she just was not going to comply to that. Now, in the book of Daniel, we see several instances of this going on, but I want to particularly pay attention to Daniel, the sixth chapter, because it brings up something I think believers really need to understand. In verse 3 in chapter 6 of Daniel says, Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. 
Then the commissioners and the satraps begin trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to government affairs, but they could find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption. Hallelujah. Inasmuch as he was faithful and no negligence or corruption could be found in him. So there were people, let's start on point number one, there were people that didn't like Daniel because the favor of God was on him. So we've got to understand that, first of all, when we're talking about engaging the government in what some people would call civil disobedience, it doesn't just happen because you know, you have an unpopular opinion. Sometimes it happens because you're very popular and people do not want to see you get any more favor or authority than you already had. Now notice verse 5. Then these men said, we will not find any ground of accusation against this Daniel. Notice this phrase, unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his God unless we find it in regard to the law of his God. What were they saying? They said, we've got to create a scenario where Daniel has to choose God over the king. They understood that a true believer would choose the king of kings and not a subordinate king. Isn't that interesting? They had that revelation. I believe with all my heart when some of these things that confront us Well, many times, and I'm listening to some of the pundits, some of the Christian pundits about how we've got to be so worried about our reputation. Uh, We've got to be worried about our reputation if we're doing something bad and something evil, for sure. Jesus obviously was not worried about his reputation because he did righteous things, listen to me, that were misunderstood. But he lived in such a way that they had to stare down the barrel, so to speak, of those things, and they had to judge them. That's exactly what Daniel was doing, and that's exactly what he ended up doing. You know how the story goes, that they created a law where you were not allowed to pray, but Daniel was already praying. In verse 16 of that same chapter, it says, Then the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought in and cast in the lion's den. Why did that happen? Because Daniel was already praying, okay? Verse 11 goes goes up there and said, These men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. Why was he doing that? Because he was already in the process of doing it. It wasn't like they made a law against prayer, and Daniel said, that's it, I'm going to go out in the street corner and pray. No, they made a law against what Daniel was already doing. Look at verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew the document was signed, he entered the house, now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued, and he what? Continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. So there was a pattern that Daniel was already doing, and these people said, you know what, we're going to make this against the law, and we're going to try to stop them. Now, if we'd had some of the so-called theological commentators back in that day that we had in this day, it'd be so, no, Daniel, you got too much equity. You know, you're going to get a promotion. Don't risk that. You know, just pray clandestine way and and no one will know. Daniel said, I'm going to keep praying just the way I prayed. Why? Because he understood clearly that passive resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. He was not looking for a fight. He did not have a chip on his shoulder. They were looking for a fight. They were looking to set him up. And you know what he did? He chose to serve God. He did 
his homage to the Lord God Almighty. And that's what he continued to do. Now, remember, they had the understanding. They had the revelation. They comprehended that if they were going to find offense with Daniel, then it was going to be in regard to what he was already doing. And I'm telling you right now, there are people out there that are using this COVID thing to try to shut the church down, to try to get us to stop doing what we were already doing, to legitimize their authority over God's authority. This is clearly happening. It cannot be contradicted. So what I'm saying to friends around me, at some point, you're going to be put in a position where you've got to passively resist. You're not resisting because you got a chip on your shoulder, you got a bad attitude, you're looking for a fight, but you're going to keep doing the things that God has called you to do. You're going to keep having prayer meetings, you're going to keep passing out food, you're going to keep having your Bible school, you're going to keep going to the mission field, you're going to keep having church services, you're going to keep doing the things that God has called you to do and that your church is doing. Now, remember in Acts 4, where the disciples were teaching and preaching, and they brought them in, and they whipped them, and they scourged them, and they told them, you are not allowed to do this anymore. You can't teach or preach in the name of Jesus. Of course, what this means is you can go inside your building and do it. But don't you be outside doing it. That's the that's the word between the word there. You know, if you do it, we don't want to know about it. We don't want any attention drawn to what you're doing. And what did they say? They answered uh, very clearly that they could not obey this and that they would keep obeying God and they would keep honoring God because that's what they were already doing. And there was no hesitation in them about it. That was just part of what was going to happen in verse 19 in Acts 4. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than God, you be the judge. In other words, you figure it out. We've already got it figured out. If you want to debate it among yourselves, that's fine. That's your problem. That's not our problem. We're going to keep doing what we're going to do. Okay? Doesn't mean you can't give a defense of your actions. They've already done that. What I'm saying to you, my dear friends, is sometimes when it looks like there is a tripwire set up, it becomes a guide wire for us to walk the line and to do the right thing like Daniel did. There is a world that is expecting us deep in their hearts to do the right thing and not cave in. They won't always cheer for us. As a matter of fact, they will jeer us sometimes. But let's do the right thing. Let's keep doing what God has asked us to do and make sure that he's really the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords over his church. Hey, this is Keith Tusi. Great to be with you. Share this podcast with somebody if it's been a blessing to you. Today, Keith had a discussion on passive resistance. We don't need to be looking for a fight. Instead, we need to be found doing the right thing, doing what God had called us to do and not caving to the pressure of maintaining a reputation. Daniel lived his life in such a way that to be able to accuse him of something, a situation had to be created where it forced him to choose between God and the king. There will be times where the fight comes looking for us. Let's make sure that there is something to be found when that happens. 
Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.